Hey, I'm Ethan. Hey, I'm Mike. I watched the first half of The 400 Blows. I watched the second half of The 400 Blows. And this is is the the other other half. Hey, Ethan. Yeah. It's our 400th episode. It's our 400th episode. Happy 400th anniversary. Happy 400. Do, 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 do. We should watch a depressing movie just in, just in celebration of that. I don't know. This just seems like a fun, happy movie. You know? I, okay. <laughs> so full disclosure, I watched this movie a long time ago in film class. Oh. I don't remember any of it. Like, I don't. <laughs> like, I remember. Okay. I do remember bits. Like, I remember. Mm-hmm. What's weird is I'm watching this. I'm like, this isn't that sad of a movie. I remember this movie being bump, like, but, but kind of a bummer at the end. Um, right. And I also remember the part where he gets on the like tilt the world thing. I remember that because it's very visually interesting. Um, but that's yeah. about it. Like I don't remember any of the plot beats. I don't remember any of the characters. I know it's about a kid, and he's up to some shit. And that was about all <laughs> I remember. So I was like, I think it's <laughs> fine to watch this movie again. And to be fair, I I'm glad we did because I I I think I can go in saying that. I don't know anything about this movie, despite seeing it. That's very interesting, because I feel like this movie left a really deep impression on me. I don't know if I would have been able to forget it if I had seen it before. Um, I was very surprised. Yeah. I think it was one of those movies where I watched it because I had to, but I also was under like right. a time limit and I didn't, and I was like busy in college. And so I was just like, all right, I'll put this on in the background or whatever. And I just didn't fully pay attention to it probably is what happened. What I, um, what I was surprised by, cause it is like a black and white movie. It's in French. And I, I was like, I, we had seen recently, we watched like a French new wave movie like recently together. And I think we were both kind of like a little unimpressed by it or like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I was really gearing up for this movie to be like, really pretentious you know really like up its own ass or like hard to watch and i was very surprised by how like modern the filmmaking was like there were moments that felt like it was like out of like a spielberg movie or something like it felt like it it was it was really surprised me the the cinematography of the film being you could definitely uh, see like this is where spielberg got a lot of his inspirations for like shooting children i think um yeah definitely Showing uh, children on film, guns. by the way. I'm, I'm not going to say that <laughs> Spielberg's running around capping kids on the streets. No, 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 no. Yeah. Like shooting him with the camera. I, I think that's a lot of, I think there's a lot of inspiration that mm-hmm. he clearly got from this movie. I know this is he, clearly like one of the more famous movies. Like, I feel like this movie's been around on like so many lists of like, you have to watch the movie before you die sort of thing. He um, he worked with this director, actually, the director of the movie, Francois Truffaut. On Close Encounters, he's the French guy that is, like, working with the astronauts to sort of, oh. uh, yeah, communicate with the aliens. Um, That's cool So, obviously, hell. very cool. So, apparently, like, it's pretty obvious, like, Truffaut was, like, a massive inspiration for for uh, for Spielberg. Um, but, yeah, I was just really surprised. Apparently, this is, like, one of his I, – I don't know if this was Truffaut's first movie or, like, one of his first movies. Directorial debut. It's insane. This is an insane first movie to like just pull out of nowhere. Like, yeah, the the filmmaking is just impeccable. The way he directs these children is like, I don't know, man. I was very, very. Blown it's hard away to forget by... that these are just act- like children actors, which are notoriously bad. But yes, I, I like, but the kid playing the main character. What's his? What's the main yeah, character's like name? Really good. Uh, Antoine. It's Antoine. Either it goes between Antoine or Donal. Daniel. It, I guess is that's his last name. Him. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, Antoine Daniel. Yeah, Antoine's his first name. Uh, yeah, he's so good. Like, he just has such a good. 
I don't know, like his face. You just you can see like he's not going to take any shit. You can see like he's seen awful shit. And like, man, like that kid can just stare at you and you're you feel like a wave of emotions from like pity to fear to like, you know, yeah. like I was just what what a catch, you know, what a what a great uh, casting decision. True, true, true. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to revisit this film for me because it's it's funny to see what stands out, and a lot of it is just visual. Like to me, it's just like seeing a lot of like, oh yeah, I remember this apartment very well. I remember him like burning uh, pages a lot. I remember yeah. uh, his his mom uh, a lot. I remember uh, <laughs> his shitty know, I remember, dad. I remember his shitty dad, his friend. Um, that was kind of an asshole. Uh, mm. I remember a couple. Renee, of, like, big I think his things, name is. But, yeah, Renee, but I'm not quite sure how it all came together and what. I I don't know how this movie ends. I still don't. So I was going to ask, do you know how the movie ends? The last shot. I just the remember last it's moment sad. of the movie. I remember it being, is being a bummer. I remember being kind of a bummer and this kid having kind of a shitty life. Um, yeah. The coming of age story. This is like on the first of its kind. I feel like I don't feel like these movies. Like it, clearly, it's a genre now, but I don't remember seeing movies mm. like this before this time because it was made in the fifties. It's like, interesting too because it's like a coming of age movie, but it's it's. I feel like a lot of coming of age movies. Like I'm thinking of I don't know like certain movies that I've seen that are coming of age, like high school movies, like you know the mm-hmm. the, the John Hughes movies or uh, those types. They're like comedies and they're like really broad and nostalgic. And this feels more like this to me. Really read more like it's a coming of age. And it reminds you of how, like, powerless you are as a child and how much of your life is dictated on experiences with, like, your family and with, like, mm-hmm. your school and your peers. It's your like situation. It's co- right. It's, like, the complete opposite of, like, what I think a lot of coming-of-age movies are, which is, like, really, like, working in, like, a sense of nostalgia and a sense of, like, remember what it was like to be a kid without any, like, rules and responsibilities? Remember and the cliques more... and, like, all these different yeah. types of people? And it's like, no, this is just, like, the most standard kid. Like, every yeah. kid he meets is, like, okay, this kid's kind of a dipshit, this kid's a brown noser, <laughs> this kid gets in trouble. Like, there's, like, those archetypes, but not, like, it's the goth, it's the jock, it's this guy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's more and, grounded in reality. And it's, it's never, like, it, there's moments of, like, joy but like there's never moments of like uh, saccharine like reverence of just like yeah man it was so it was so fun being a kid i don't know maybe it's also just like the time period and the place it's taking place but it's like fuck it sucks being a kid like you go to school they beat you you go home nobody listens to you it's like the only reprieve is like movies or you know forms of entertainment yeah uh, yeah I was going to say, anyway, is this tell me set how the in an earlier oh, time? Because I, I believe this was shot in 1959, so I don't think this is also a nostalgia play, like you said. Like, I don't think it's, like, even shot. I think it's time shot in, like, now, when it was oh, yeah. know, 1959. Us, oh, obviously nostalgic, but I do believe it's just, like, this is just how it is for kids, you know, sometimes. Well, you're right. I, I, well, I, well, even, like, the John Hughes movies weren't, like, nostalgic in the sense that they were trying to capture a different time. Like, you know, oh. like... Those were also taking place in the year that the movie was taking place in, um, but true. but you're right. Like you're you're right. It wasn't full on like nostalgia. This this one isn't either. I'm looking it up, and it looks like it takes place in the year that the movie is set. So um, that makes sense. Yeah. It's probably just a comment yeah. on like what kids, you know, what what this life is like now with kids and how they grow up. Because this is also interesting because I do believe this is like probably before high school, like right before then. 
Yeah, these, um, this kid's definitely way too young for high school. Yeah, and I think that it shows the lack of agency. Like, even in high school, you feel like you get a little more agency, but I think mm. in this... I mean, I don't know how the, the system, school system is in, like, in France, but I'm just assuming <laughs> that, like, you probably get a as little more agency. As soon as you can smoke a cigarette, you can, uh, you can begin middle school. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's true, that's true. Uh, yeah. But, you know, he kind of has... He's kind of at the mercy of his teacher's. Yeah. And the mercy of his parents, really. And he's just kind of stuck in between. He's just like, I know what I want to do, but mm. also I can't because I'm a, I'm a child. I'm a boy. And it's I'm like he learns he learns the worst life lessons from the people around him. You know, it's like, I, I don't know. I, I, I'll get into it more as the movie continues because there's one really great part where it's literally just like you're talking to the kid. It's like there's like an interview scene and the kid is just answering questions about his own life experiences. And you're just like, Oh my God, like you po- like, I just wanted to hug this poor kid, but you know, at this point and at this point in the movie, it's, it's quite late in the film. It's just like, fuck man, you've, you've already been shaped by your experiences, you know, like it's, it's just so tragic. Um, but anyway, tell me how the movie opens. 400 different blows happen to this kid. Okay. So kids, <laughs> we start off with the movie with these kids pass around these sexy pictures of a lady in a school. Uh, and one kid draws on her face, and that kid is our main character, Antoine. Uh, but mm. he gets caught when he's trying to pass uh, pass on the pass it on because it was just being passed around the class. Right. And uh, he gets caught and has to go stand in the corner. I just realized they're in an all boys school, by the way. That isn't uh, something that happens too. Um, mm-hmm. So then he gets caught. He has to go stand in the corner, which is like behind the easel. It's very weird. Punishment yeah. back in the day, very strange. Um, well, that's what I'm saying, like, right? It's like it's not like trying to discipline the kid; it's just punishing the kid. You know? Yeah, there's no like, hey, don't do that because X. It's just like gold yeah. in the corner there. Uh, then they collect papers because I guess they're in the middle of writing, and then recess happens. But Antoine has to stay inside, so mm. he then gets bored and graffiti's on the wall and says like, basically like, I was unjustly punished. I did not mean to, you know, I was not the one who started passing this paper around. Blah blah blah. Which I right. think is a good, uh, I don't know, a good encapsulation of the movie, where it's just like a lot, a lot of the situation is not really his fault. Like, sure, he makes some bad decisions, yes. but none of them are like most, that wild. They're most like just of, like, like most of the crimes he commits, if you can call them that, in my half of the movie are like victimless, you know, and like. Yeah. M- most of the time when it's like he gets into like really serious trouble, it's either like due to a victimless crime or he's a victim of circumstance. Like he's not a bad kid. Like he's really just trying to escape his lot in life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. think that's true. And so I think that little writing he does in the wall encapsulates most of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has to do a bunch of conjugationing as punishment. Um, <laughs> Ethan, and- do you want to do some more conjugationing? <laughs> no, I do not. I don't want to do any conjugationing, please. I just want uh, conjugal. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so then, uh, so we got one kid, and he's just hanging out there, and he, he tries writing, but he can't because his pen is just so leaky. And honestly, I don't mm. know why I wrote this down. This kid doesn't do anything. Um, mm. But then, so then, I don't know why I wrote mess. this down. I thought it'd be important. They're really focusing on this kid fucking up this pen and he was just trying mm. to write and he kept messing up. I guess yeah. another, another metaphor for the movie is that like, he's just trying to write his essay, but he can't because the pen is just so leaky. Oh yeah. Um, he's, 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 uh, what trying is to have he's agency. given a poor, well, he's also given a poor, uh, uh, hand to be dealt, you know? Yeah. Poor pen to be Sometimes wrote. Sometimes you're given a leaky pen. Yeah, it's true. Um, so Antoine has to go clean up the mess. He goes, cleans it up. All the kids, left to read this poem out loud basically or recopy this poem that the teacher writes and the teacher's reading it out and it gets romantic and all the kids make kissy noises it's cute 
Um, <laughs> Sounds cute. I, I know. Well, it's just funny. It's great seeing these kids just like hang out. Like they really just capture like what it's like in a weird uh, yeah. classroom and just having a bunch of kids just being being obnoxious sometimes. Uh, <laughs> so then Antoine goes home. He's like, man, I fucking hate this teacher. He punished me so hard. He's telling his friend, uh, what was his name again? Uh, uh, Renee. Renee, that's it. It was a very French name. I was going to call Pierre, but no, my Renee. So then um, he's like, I'm going to go, when I join the army, I'm going to go beat this teacher up because he sucks so much. Um, and then Damn. they talk about how they're like, yeah, I think everyone steals from their parents. You know, we just mm. all take like a couple dollars. And then this one kid comes up, basically the kid who told on him um, that he was, that he uh, had like the picture or whatever or something like that. Uh-huh. This kid's a brown noser, they all call him. Right. And he's like, wearing glasses and they're like wow you're a fucking narc get out of here with your glasses you probably stole from your parents too and he's like oh, okay anyway so then he goes home to write out on a paper how he defaced classroom walls to his parents um but he doesn't end up finishing it and they don't actually know he never tells them um mm. in fact his mom comes home and immediately scolds him for getting to buy the flower and so he mm. goes and buys the flower and comes back up and meets his dad. His dad's a lot more chill and relaxing and just kind of like, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to goof around with my son. Um, Apparently that's not his biological father. This is a stepdad. Oh, I did not know that. Interesting. So then uh, he gives him money for lunch, um, but he, you know, asks for way more money than he needs. So his dad gives him way less, like only a hundred bucks. I think it might 500 francs or whatever. Um, (laughs) Instead of the thousand he asked for. Right. Uh, I don't really know how the conversions work, but yes. Yeah, I don't know either. And then they're like, hey, where are we going to send this kid for summer over dinner? And they're like, I don't know. We don't have to decide now. Um, And then the kid wakes up the next day and remembers, oh, he never mentioned that he defaced the walls at school. But anyway, he's got to go out to school. Um, And he meets up with his friend. uh, God dang it. I always forget his name. I literally (laughs) just talked about it like two minutes ago. Renee? Renee, Renee, <laughs> Renee's there and is yeah. like, hey, man, I, he's like, I know we're being late because you slept through your alarm, but like, don't worry about it. He says he's not going to let you into class anyway. He's mm-hmm. like, you're right. We should go do something fun. He's like, you got any money? He's like, yeah, I got some lunch money. He's like, cool. Let's leave our bags in this random area and I'm sure they'll be fine. And they go out and they go watch a movie. They go play pinball. They go on Hell the spinny yeah. wooden ride that I talk about where he flips upside down. The camera goes upside down. <laughs> um, you ever been on one of those rides, right? Where they, uh, they spin, spin you around so fast and the floor drops out and you get attached to the wall? Only once and I hated it. And I never went on another Same. one because I was yep. terrified that I was going to get hurt. I was just so unbelievably nauseous. It legitimately yeah. ruined like, my whole trip after that because i was just so sick i was like (laughs) but that kid's having a great time he's a good time Um, you know you don't have tv and shit so what are you gonna do true and so far i'm just like well it's just like a fun little like chill time with this with the kid (laughs) and then he sees his mom smooching another man (gasps) out on the open there oh my god and uh they both see each other and they walk away and the friend's like well you're not gonna get in trouble because it's clearly not your dad, so she's not going to tell on you, and you're not going to tell on her, so it's all okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. And again, and again, he's learning that like adults are can be pieces of shit, particularly mm-hmm. his like own parents, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and incurred so, no actual like punishment. Yeah. You know? So the next day, he's like, "How am I going to figure this out? I have to copy a note from my delinquent friend to <laughs> give evidence to my um, 
that I why I wasn't there. And mm. he starts writing it. The, oh, I'm sorry. This is the previous day. It's still the same day. And he starts writing it down, but he then uh, gets scared because I think his dad shows up. So he has to burn the evidence of him writing it. And okay. his dad is talking to his son. He's like, you should read your hand in class more often. You got to participate so you can seize the day. And he's like, eh, I don't want to, dad, whatever. <laughs> uh, we're reading about the hair. And he's like, oh, the tortoise and the hair? No, it's just called the hair. It's like, okay. Mm. Anyway, I can't find my Michelin guide. You know where it is? And he's like, no, I don't know where my Michelin guide is. What is a uh, Michelin guide? Oh, the Michelin guide. The Michelin guide is basically a traveler's guide um, that they used to have back in the day put on by Michelin company to kind of show you where cool places were. And now oh. it's kind of morphed into the Michelin stars. I'm sure you heard of those. Um, yes. But it's the same thing, um, but oh, it is I based see. on the tire company. So, I see. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of morphed into like being very prestigious, but before it was just like a standard like oh, it's just a book you read about like cool places to go sort of thing. Yeah, they kept mentioning this Michelin guide, and I just could not fucking figure out what they were talking it's about. Just, it's just, oh man, you misplaced my magazines, kid. I wanted to read my mags. Sort of I thing. see. Okay. Um, he. By the way, they're having a time with each other, talking to each other because it turns out mom's going to come home very late. Mm-hmm. So he goes to bed early. She's out. She's out late. And mm-hmm. he's trying to sleep, but his mom shows up, and then they have a little argument because uh, <gasps> apparently the boss drove her home, and Ooh. the dad's like, "You better get paid overtime for that. Usually services like that are paid in cash." I'm like, "Oh my god, damn!" Um, I know, but uh, yeah. So they had a little argument about that. Uh, did not seem happy about it. That uh, he's come up. Yeah, I can imagine. So late. Anyway, so back to school. Uh, he runs off to school and then the fucking narc kid comes over to the parents house mm-hmm. and is like hey I just want to know if Antoine's feeling better today and he's like what do you mean uh, yeah sure he is and then the dad's like What's, what so he played hooky it's like how come you aren't surprised mom you don't look very surprised she's like he never mm. surprises me anymore and it's like yeah but we know we know that you knew he was not <laughs> in class yesterday right so he arrives to school and he ends up not having a note from his parents. So he straight up just said, my mom died as an excuse. <laughs> and the teacher buys it. Cause like, why would you ever go so big? It's funny. Cause earlier he was talking to Renee and was Renee's like the best lies, the biggest one, just go big. And I'm like, damn, he mm. went kind of the biggest you can. Well, yeah. You um, can't really take that back. You can only use that one one more time. Yeah. That's a one shot. That's a one shot lie there. Yeah. Um, one opportunity. It's funny because the teacher's so nice. And I was like, Oh wow. Sorry about that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, of course. So then, right. In class, the parents eventually show up, and the fucking dad just slaps uh, Antoine across the face in front of everyone Jesus. at school because he was fucking being an asshole. Um, <laughs> and then he realizes he's like, I can't live with my parents. I have to get out of here. So he le- runs away from home, and Renee's like, You should sleep here. It's this cool place. It's basically a printing press. He sleeps there. Mm. And mm. he sends a note to his parents that he's leaving, and his parents are reading it, and they're all, they're like nervous and scared. Um, mm. He walks around Paris late at night, just vibing. Um, oh no, this is in the morning. He walks around the morning, um, gets up <laughs> just early, vibing around the printing, Paris because the printing people come in early because it's a print shop, so they get up real early. Right. Uh, he steals some milk, drinks the milk. Um, it's Christmas time, so it's freezing cold. He can't wash his face, Ooh. so he tries breaking the ice of a fountain and using that to wash his face. Should have we should have saved how- this one for a Christmas movie. I know it's so cold. It's barely Christmas. He just says like "Merry Christmas" on one sign. (laughs) Um, Anyway, he goes to school the next day, Mm -hmm. 
and um, just acts like it's a normal day. He can't. Mm-hmm. There, he's in English classes, and he's having trouble saying the th sound. The th, the, 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 th, the th sound. He's like, I can't make that sound. And I'm like, damn. It is interesting how you're born with like you get so used to one sound, you can't make another one from a different language that easily. Happens yeah. to French people too. Hmm. Happens to everybody, you know. Happens to everyone. It just is very yeah. relatable. I don't know. Anyway, so um, <laughs> mom comes home, comes and gets him from school. And then mm-hmm. she's all very nice to him. It's like, go to sleep. In a, you get to sleep in a real big bed. Um, she tries to level with him. It's like, I used to be a rebel like you. I ran off with a farm boy once. But then I listened to my mom because parents are important. I'm like, what a fucking narc. Um, <laughs> it also would a lie. I know. And it's like, I went and he's like, I want to quit school and start working. I know what I want to do. Mom's like, well, no, you can't do that. Like, I know a lot of the stuff they teach you is very boring and not useful. But like, you'll, your French <laughs> is important. You'll always need to write a letter. If you get an essay in the top five, I'll give you 1,000 francs, but don't tell your dad. And he's like, oh, okay. And he sounds kind of like motivated by that. He's like, money, all right, now we're talking. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Uh, there's a scene with him reading and smoking. Um, and he makes a little shrine to this guy who basically is like, Eureka, I have found it. He like is the guy who said that. Um, oh God! He writes a he writes a thing about about him. Uh, yeah, man, what's his name? It's like a philosopher, I think. I think you might be right. I'm not quite sure who coined that. I thought the person who said Eureka found it is the person who found gold for the first time in the California. Maybe Archimedes. Archimedes was so thrilled and excited with his discovery that he immediately hopped out of the bath and ran into the streets to tell the king, Eureka, I have found it. Oh, okay. There you okay, go. Okay. Cool. So that guy, he likes him. <laughs> He's a fan of him. Yes, so, Archimedes known for painting gold. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I think you called, they called California the Eureka State, and that, I thought that was yeah, because of, I, yeah, I think somebody here also said Eureka, but I think they were referencing they probably took Archimedes. It from him. Yeah, you're probably yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, they should have paid Archimedes royalties. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's my quote. You need to pay that up. Pay it up, yeah. pay it up. Because my writers don't make any money nowadays. Uh, so, exactly. Uh, he's sitting in class and he's thinking about like what to write. And then they say, here's the prompt for the next one. Describe a personal event that is intense that happened to you. Oh, I went on a, uh, camping trip. I went on a camping trip. It was so intense. Exactly. Um, no, but in his mind, he goes, Eureka, I found it. And he's like, I'll write about my grandpa's death. Um, I know. Uh, so he puts a, he likes a candle in the little shrine to Archimedes and puts a veil mm-hmm. over it which I'm mm-hmm. like that's not good you should not light a candle and put a freaking piece of cloth next to it so close but whatever he's a dumb kid but he's a little kid he doesn't know any better okay he didn't know any better um and then at the dinner table the dad is talking about how like his current boss is sleeping with the secretary now so like gets her promoted <laughs> all the way to executive uh, secretary and executive secretary <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what he calls her executive yeah, secretary yeah and that's it, baby. Manager to the secretary. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> is that is that the end of your half? Yeah, I kept saying that. I said my half. So this is oh, sorry, one. I didn't hear it, and because we're we're recording separately. Oh, so hard to um, hear sometimes. It's okay sometimes, but so the candle obviously catches that thing on fire. Oh, okay, so and it really does happen. Cool. Okay, it, I was, I was hoping happen. it was just not some movie magic. It's movie magic. Yeah, no, it's it's not movie magic. It's a truth. The the candle lights it on fire. His father like 
tries to beat him and his mother tries to defuse the situation by going like, hey, let's just go to the movies. So there's like a montage of them going to the movies. And it's clear that like this is the one place where, you know, what's the name? Antoine? Antoine. Antoine is like truly happy. Um, And then he goes uh, to school the next day and his teacher's like, you, Antoine, your uh, uh, thing, your, your essay was plagiarized. So uh, you're gonna fail, and you're gonna be sent to the principal. Oh, he must have stolen it from that uh, that thing he was writing, or something, or reading, or whatever. I guess. Oh, I think I thought. I mean, maybe I thought he might have just been a really good writer, and so he. Oh, like, really? It could be that. Antoine seems very. I mean, I mean, maybe I was maybe I was tricked by this little boy, but like he seemed very like persistent that like he wrote this and didn't steal it. But anyway, either way, he gets in trouble, and so he's like, "I failed this essay writing thing. My parents are going to be upset at me." So he runs away uh, because so, his uh, parents. I'm sorry, what? I was going to say. So it turns out they accuse him of plagiarizing uh, Balzac, which is a French novelist and playwright. Oh, okay. Um, he loves him so much in the school essay, he describes the death of my grandfather in a close paraphrase of Balzac from memory. So oh, it's a very similar title. So he's just like, oh, you just wrote this, huh? I kept I kept hearing him say Balzac, and I was just like, dude, like, come on. Like, T- TM, you know, TMI. This, this is what happens when you have an all-boys school. They're just going to talk about Balzacs all the time. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so he, he gets nervous about being shipped off to military school, so he runs away from home again and stays at his friend's house this time, Renee. Uh, and Renee's like, hey, you know, you can stay in this room. My dad never comes in here. His friend steals money from his mom, uh, mm-hmm. and he sneaks food to him. Exactly. And he, ste- he sneaks food into him so he can eat. They go to the movies together. They smoke and they drink. They're having a grand old time. Um, and they're like, they both come to an agreement. both Ant- Antoine and Renee. They're like, we need to get everyone off our backs. Like, you know, we we are being persecuted. We got to get out of here. So they agree to try to make money any means necessary. And I think it's Renee that suggests what we should do is we should steal your dad's typewriter. Mm. So they, uh, 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 I can't, what's her, what's the kid's name again? Antoine. Antoine. It's okay. We all have one name that we always are like, I can't figure it out, but the other I one's like, I know this remember. one. Cause I don't think they say his name the entire half of my film. Um, oh, really? Antoine, I don't think so. So Antoine steals the typewriter under dead of night uh, and they try to sell it, but they can't because I guess they're like they're kids. So they can't like reasonably sell it. So they give it to this adult to sell it for them. And the, the guy's going to get a cut. But then the dude tries to like rip them off um, and, and just like tries to like take the typewriter from them. And Antoine, it, this is the part where I was like up until now, it's like, oh, he's just like a normal kid. You know, like he definitely seems like unhappy. But when this guy tries to take the typewriter, Antoine, like, looks him dead in the eye and grabs him by his neck and is like, I'm going to fucking slug you. Like, I'm going to beat you up. And it's like, Damn. you feel like this kid has grown now. Like, he he seems like a legitimate threat, you know? Um, it's it, it was just very, like, surprising. And it's like, wow, this kid, again, this actor is, like, really good at, like, conveying this mm-hmm. change in character. So the guy ends up becoming so threatened by this little boy that he gives him the typewriter back. And Antoine's like, I'm going to return this because it's the right thing to do. So he goes to return it, but he gets caught trying to return it. And his dad is like, I can't have you keep doing this anymore. So his dad takes Antoine to the cops and the cops are like, he will appear in juvenile court tomorrow 
and we are going to uh, have ownership of your son now. Um, Damn. It'll be okay. all given over to the state. And the dad seems regretful, but he doesn't do anything about it. He just, like, allows this to happen, basically. Um, and the rest of this movie is just Antoine being sad. So oh, no. buckle up, everybody. Antoine is put into a cell. He's put in two cells, one which is occupied by another, like, criminal, but, like, a full-grown criminal. Antoine's a little boy, like, and he's put in a cell with, like, a full-grown man who's a criminal. That's not don't good. Know. It's not good. And then later on, uh, he's put in an even smaller cell where he can, like, barely sit down. He then is put in the back of a car. And so the whole movie up until this point, we've seen Paris at night and during the day. It seems very, like, beautiful and blissful and happy. But now Antoine's in the back of this, like, cop car, and he's looking through the bars of the car. And Paris still looks beautiful, but Antoine is separated from it now, and he's no, he's no longer part of it. And this is the part that just really felt like a Spielberg movie. It's like there's this constant shifting of focus, like Antoine's in focus, then he's not. There's this, like, close-up on his face, which is, like, very Spielbergian. He's crying. Uh-huh. There's, like, lens flares. Like, it all feels so modern, and it's so heartbreaking to see this poor kid just come to the realization that, like, I, I'm, you know, I'm no longer able to run around the Paris streets free ever again, you know. Um so he gives up his items to the prison guard. He's put in a cell. He rolls his own cigarettes from pocketed tobacco. Like he's just a full on like criminal at this point. Yeah. Or seemingly. I don't remember this part at all. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, there you go. Maybe you'd fallen asleep at this point. Yeah. Um, so his mom uh, is talking to like a cop separate from Antoine. And his mom is like, Talking to the cop and she's like, look, all I want you to do is like scare him. Like, I don't, you know, like not too bad. Just like scare him so then he can become a better person. You know, that's what all she wants. And the cop's like, this isn't like a daycare. This is this is prison. Like, this is jail. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, dude. What? Like, this is supposed to be your job. And so the guy's like, what we want to do is we want to put into an observation center, um, which is, I guess, basically like a. I don't know, like not a boarding school, but basically like a, like heavy juvie, basically, for like the worst of the worst kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and the mom is like really upset about all this. And the policeman's like, well, what does your husband want to do? He is his son after all. And the mom's like, no, that's not true. Uh, he married me when Antoine was just a child. Like, it's not his son. And then the cop says, oh, well, he should be commended for that. <laughs> like he should be commended for marrying a a, a woman uh-huh. who had a child, you know. Big big um, big ups there, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's like this guy. I've seen this fucking guy. He's a piece of shit. Like fuck him. He shouldn't be commended for anything. Um. So Antoine is sent to the observation center, uh, camp or whatever it's called. Antoine is he's surrounded by like violent kids, like kids who have like and and, and not only are the kids violent, but like. When they commit like any sort of like crimes or pun or whatever, their discipline is violence back. Like at one point, mm. Antoine goes to eat food, but he eats it before he's told to. And this kid, this this or this like adult just full on fucking slaps him so hard in the face. And it's just like, how is that gonna help anybody, you know? And then there's this kid who escapes and he's brought back. And everyone's like, you know, oh, we, we knew you'd be back. And the kid's like, I'm just going to run off again the first chance I get. Like, there's no actual rehabilitation occurring here, you know? Yeah. Like, all these kids are just getting worse. I did um, not expect us to have such a uh, biting commentary on the prison system back in the 50s, 60s. 
It's you know? big time. Yeah, it's 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 and it's all from the perspective of poor little Antoine, you know, who's just like wants to, you know, it's like fucking what has he done wrong? Right. What has he done to get in this? He's like he's no. stolen a, 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 a typewriter and then brought it back, you know, and like he ran away from a, an abusive home. Like there's no reason for him to be here. And yet here he is. It's so heartbreaking. Um and uh, then he's like he's interviewed by this like psychiatrist. And this is the part where it's like you learn so much about him because you're seeing his world from his perspective. And he's you know, it's his his the 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 therapists ask him all these questions and you realize like his parents didn't really ever care about him. His mom doesn't really care about him. You learn that like, you know, they'll tell him to tell the truth. But if he tells them like hard truths, they don't like it. And if he lies, they don't like it. So he doesn't know what to do. Um, you know, and then, and then you also learn that like he's Antoine has learned, he's understood that like he should go after like women and girls, like men, you know, like he understands it like, like, uh, but he doesn't like feel it. And he apparently was like nearly molested. Like, it's just like, yeah. Like one of the questions is like, has any of your friends ever like, like had sex? And Antoine, who I want to remind everyone, is like, what, like 12, 13, 14 12, years 13, old? something like that, yeah. He's just like, I haven't, but like some of my friends have. And I heard where the girls were, and I went to go there, and the girls weren't there. And this guy told me to go somewhere else, and there wasn't a girl there. And it was just like, it's clear, like, he's just lived such an awful, rough life just trying to escape, like, other parts of terrible life, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you learn so much about this poor kid. So... Then he it's it's the next day. Renee comes to visit him, but I guess Renee's not allowed in because he's like another child. I guess minors aren't yeah. allowed in, but his mom is allowed in. Uh, uh, Antoine's mom, and there's this heartbreaking moment where because up in the up until this time, like his mom has definitely been sort of like flighty, but it seems that she does seem to like love him at least. Mm-hmm. Um, like she seems like not like a great mom, but she she does seem to like care somewhat about him. And then she's so cold in this moment. I guess like Antoine had like written a letter to his dad. I don't know if it was his like biological dad or whatever, but like his mom is just full of such spite. And like at first, obviously, she didn't want him to go to this like boarding school or this observation school, this whatever, the center. But like now she's like, you deserve this. This is what you this is what you should be. And it's like so fucking heartless. And it's like even when he escapes this place, there's nowhere he's ever going to go back to, you know, like no no one cares about him. Um, They also start. uh, So after this moment, he talks to some of the other like kids at school and everyone's like, oh, you know, after this, we're all going to all join the military. And Antoine mentions how he's never he's always wanted to join the Navy or something because he's never seen the ocean. Mm-hmm. And then one day he runs away. He uh, he 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 runs out of the gates. He there's like a long I want to say make like five minute uncut shot of Antoine just running uh, and like no cuts him just like running like endlessly through a field. And it's clear he doesn't know where he's going. You just know he's just trying to get away from where he was. Yeah. Uh, and he I, honestly, I don't know how they got this shot, but he eventually runs onto the beach. And it's so 
I don't know, man. Maybe I was like looking too much into it, but it's like he's running on the beach. The sand is untouched. His footprints are the first ones there. And then he finally sees like the ocean and it's like he's finally seen something he's never seen before. And then he looks dead in the camera and you can see it in his eyes. It's like he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know where to go. It's like he's seen the one thing he's always wanted to see and it and he feels nothing. And then the movie ends. Damn, bro. It's like The Graduate. It is like The Graduate, actually. It's like, we got what we wanted. Now what do I do? Now what do I do, you know? And it's it's so... But it's even sadder because, like, in The Graduate, it was like, you know, that was like a fight for him to, like, get, you know, to get the love of his life back. All Antoine is fighting for is a little bit of, like, freedom, you know? A little bit of of comfort. What am I going to do now out of this this thing? Yeah, that's wild. It's fucking sad, man. And, again, the kid that plays him is just, like... He's so good. Like he's yeah. he's seriously the last shot of him looking dead in the camera and you just see behind his eyes just like fear and like sadness and this feeling of just like confusion. Like he just like he doesn't know where he was running to, but he knew he wanted to run here and now that he's here he doesn't know what to do. So good. Man. So 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 good. You know good. that kid? Yeah. That guy's still acting. That kid. Like still? Yeah. Like his last movie was in 2017. Holy shit. Yeah, Is he still he, alive? Yeah, he's still alive. He's 78. Oh my god! Yeah, it's wild. I, mean, I would, feel I would love old, to, s- but like it, it's weird because it's only in the '60s. It's not that. I mean, it's old, but it's not that old, you know. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, he's very. He's still around, man. I'd, I'd love to see him reprise this role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be thought different now, because I mean, that was that was just the second film, which is wild to me. Eh? The, yeah, Jean Pierre Liaud, I believe, is how you say his name. He's so good. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've always heard to watch this movie. I've always put it off because, like I said, it's like it's a French film. It's like black and white. I wasn't sure what I was going to do getting into it. I loved it. Love this movie. It's very sad. It's very beautiful. I'm very happy that this was our 400th episode. Got to watch um, a good movie for the 400th episode. What's interesting about this movie is that like how acclaimed it was and how influential influential it is. Mm-hmm. Um even like fucking Kurosawa said it was like one of the most beautiful films he had ever seen, which is wild. Wow, Kurosawa, yeah. motherfucking, fucking Kurosawa, like motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is this is this movie was really good. Um, I was not yeah. surprisingly maybe it's just because I was in the right mindset and I was just like maybe I just seen more movies like this now maybe i've just expanded my vocabulary a little bit more maybe also just because i was like forced to pay attention because i was gonna if i come on here with no you know no knowledge of seeing the movie i would sound like a dumbass why i can't just get an (laughs) f or whatever on uh uh you know if i get an f that's just between you and me and uh, the teacher you know it's not a big deal but yeah. no, this movie is really good, and it's very sad. I do think that I kind of wish I saw the second half a little bit more because my first half, not a whole lot happens. Just kind of like a, it kind of does feel like a uh, John Hughes movie. You know, you're just kind of chilling out and vibing. And <laughs> yeah, the first doing, half is very John Hughes. Yeah, he's just doing some. He's doing like petty crimes, like nothing that bad. But like, it's mm. interesting because the difference between this and the John Hughes movie is that like, all these crimes actually do add up to something, and people do. Like yeah, there's to what you do as opposed there's to there's like, actual I mean, consequences and the consequences are like way too harsh. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, apparently, um, the director Tufau actually this is apparently a auto, semi autobiographical film. I so believe it. Maybe, yeah, it does feel like uh, this is how I grew up. It wasn't the best. Uh, I got into some minor crimes and this is how I felt with it. And it's like 
Because, like, and, the, one one clear thing in this kid's life that, like, he is, like, drawn to and means something to him is, like, movies. And I'm like, yeah, every I'm not time surprised. I see, every time I see a motherfucker do that in a movie, I'm like, this is about you, isn't it? You <laughs> Exactly, like, right? The one thing I love is movies. And it's like, yeah, I know, because you're the one who made this movie, dude. You know? <laughs> Clearly, you like movies, otherwise you wouldn't be making them. Duh. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's I, I loved it. I, I would recommend watching this movie if you guys, if, if people are interested in it, I'd highly recommend checking it out. Oh, um, you and uh, Mr. Uh, Martin Scorsese in the 39 essential foreign films for young filmmaker, <laughs> huh? Okay. All right. You know, there's a lot that I feel like you could compare me to Scorsese in a lot of different ways. And this is just one of the many. Um, I know. Yeah. You don't like Marvel <laughs> movies too. It's all the same. Exactly. Yep. It's all the same. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I loved it. I would highly recommend it. And like, you know, obviously we, talked about the plot but like i really feel like you know film is a visual medium and i feel like Truffaut did a really good job of expressing a lot of things visually that would be hard to encapsulate just with words yeah i do think that like you explaining even the end i was just like okay i still kind of want to see this because i don't feel like you know you described it quite well but it's just not oh well thank you (laughs) you know i I learned i learned a thing or two about describing films after 400 episodes of this oh, podcast yeah it's true 400 blows of trying to figure out <laughs> exactly record a podcast and describe a movie um i gotta ask though what is the 400 blows do you not know i don't think so okay I'm just guessing well, what, what, what are you what are you guessing my guess is it is the amount of bullshit that happens to this kid is he's <laughs> 400, like 400 things blow. well well, Ethan, if you actually go to the Wikipedia of this uh, uh-huh. of this movie, there is an entire section just called title. Oh, really? And okay. let me let me read you the the, the oh. information here. Well, the I was English... kind of hoping I, you you would guess, but I mean that's cool. Could... Oh, I can guess. I mean, I already know what it is, but I can guess. No, you can't guess anymore. That's not a real guess. That's a fake guess. You'd be faking it. <laughs> well, I don't know. And... If I had to guess, I would probably say that the English title is a literal translation of the French uh, that fails to capture its meaning. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, that makes uh, the, sense. The French title refers to to an idiom which is to raise hell. Uh the first prince in the US, uh um the su- the, the subtitler and the dubber translated the title as wild oats, but the distributor <laughs> did not like that and reverted it <laughs> to 400 blows. So. Yeah, I decided to watch Wild Oats. Wild Oats. <laughs> sounds like a delicious film. Mm, I would watch it. Delicious. Put in That's a little can. Um, to raise but, hell, huh? It's a very specific yeah. idiom. Okay. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what the idiom actually like fully. Maybe like the idiom like directly translates to the 400 blows. Um, I think it does, but like it means, but that means nothing to us as Americans, right? Like, I mean, that's the thing is like one of the that was the one of the other reasons I kept putting off watching the movie is like I don't fucking know what this title means at all. (laughs) I see. I still stand by what I thought it was, which is like he takes four hundred blows. You know, it's fucking got a hard mm -hmm. life. You know, poor kid. I know. I I believe it. No, I I when before I looked that up, like uh, hand hand to to Scorsese. Um, before I looked that up, I was thinking like, yeah, obviously these are like the blows that one must, uh, take, you know, in life, you know, there's that this kid has, has, has dealt with 400 different types of blows and has yeah, turned into been, this person. Yeah. He's lived yeah. through about 400 weeks, I guess, I imagine. So, you know, every yeah. week is another blow, I guess. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I yeah, I I I'd, I'd highly recommend checking this film out everybody. Me too. It's a good movie. It's on the Criterion collection. It's great. Ch- check it out. Yeah, watch the 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 re the redone version where it's all like clean and beautiful and with a with a, uh, a commentary it a, track. It is a very yeah, it's true. It is a very good-looking movie though. Like I can't overstate how like well it holds up. It's got a nice wide frame. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's good and got it's very contrasty, black and white, good stuff. This good, is good apparently stuff. like one of the first French films to be shot in this like wide frame format, the Panasonic oh, wide frame. Yeah. Interesting. It's very, it's very cinematic in that. And I think that did help kind of carry it to making it feel like a more modern movie. Yeah, definitely. It it feels super. It feels like it was shot like yesterday, like or or whatever, like within the last twenty years. Like it doesn't yeah, like, it doesn't could, feel I, old. I could see uh, someone being like, "Yeah, man, this and this and Roma are two favorite black and white movies that came out this year." <laughs> like I did a get a, ago. a like a, a Roma vibe to this as well. Like the 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 ending of Roma takes place on a beach similar to this, and so mm-hmm. yeah, like and it's all black and white. But um, yeah, man, I I I I'd recommend checking it out, guys. Are there any other like art house like historical films that perhaps that we're missing out on any sort of like French films that you would recommend uh, email us at email the other half podcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to listen to 399 episodes of our podcast, you can find them on any podcatching app. And while you're there, please leave a five-star rating and review. We will read it in the show, no matter what it says, even if we put off reading it until episode 800. Ooh, that's a long time, but yeah, maybe. That's right. might be, who knows? It might be worth the wait. Yeah, exactly. I mean, who knows? We might. We just might. Um, but yeah, that's 400 blows. Um, let's see. What's a good question to end this podcast out on? Um, mm, how many cocaines ooh. have you done? What? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 500. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Hey guys, if you want to join some other like-minded fans of this podcast, you can check out our Discord, which can be linked in the latest podcast going forward, as well as theotherhalfpodcast.com. If you want to discuss movies we've watched on the podcast, if you want to recommend movies for future episodes, or if you want to watch movies, we'll have uh, movie nights on the Discord. You can pop in, watch the movies with us and other fans of the podcast. There's also a section on the Discord where if you want to, you can learn more about my Twitch stream. But, you know, you don't have to if you don't want to. It could be purely about the podcast. But if you do want to, it's really great. And sometimes I'm on stream too, every other Thursday. Check it out. We play horror games specifically. You can get notified whenever a new podcast episode or whenever Ethan's live on Twitch, which is pretty often. You get to see our pretty faces as well as other people that like the podcast and watch Ethan's stream. Yeah, so come join. The Discord is your oyster, guys. Do whatever you want with it. The Discord is your oyster.